the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From infomercials to the shopping channel, even down to the nonprofits who are looking to get that last dollar out of your wallet or purse. Boy, we're quick to listen until it's the church wanting to talk about what Jesus talked about with finances. Boy, we turn the corner, turn the channel, and run for the hills, don't we? We're asking you to stay put instead of seeking out a hill to hide on. And join us for today's study verse by verse as we explore 1 Corinthians chapter 16 in a message called Generosity of the Saints. You know, the Lord has spoken quite a bit about finances, and it's pretty fascinating if you stop to think about it and listen, which is what we ask you to do for the next few minutes. Here's our teacher and pastor, Leighton Sheely, with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Our attention is now drawn to chapter 16. Now, regarding your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave to the churches in Galatia. On the first day of each week, you should put aside a portion of the money you've earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it all at once. When I come... I will write letters of recommendation for the messengers you choose to deliver your gift to Jerusalem. And if it seems appropriate for me to go along, they can travel with me. So Paul here provided several principles for handling collection. He says that it should be taken on the first day of every week. That would be Sunday. And Sunday is the day when Christ's believers, Christians, get together to worship and celebrate. And so from the very beginning of the church to the taking of a collection in Sunday services has been a tradition in, uh, in, in and among churches. That weekly giving reinforces our sensitivity to money so that it is seen as a reminder of our spiritual responsibility to be stewards or managers of what God has entrusted to us. Paul said, each one of you, And that's all-inclusive. There's no Christian that is excused. We are stewards of whatever it is that God has given to us to steward, no matter how great or how little that might be. Chapter 15, in chapter 15, the previous chapter, Paul was dealing with lofty thoughts of the life to come and and theology and, and the new body. And then here in chapter 16, he abruptly turns his attention to some of the most practical things of this world and deals with them in a very practical way. You may have heard uh, somebody described in this way, they are so heavenly minded, they are no earthly good, which by the way is not a compliment. Uh, Actually, we should be both. We should be heavenly minded, but not so heavenly minded. We're no earthly good. We need to be uh, good for earthly activities as well. And that's what Paul was really showing us in the transition between chapters 15 and uh, 16. You see, if we truly uh, believe that someday we're going to leave these tents of flesh that we live in now and we are going to be transformed and we're going to live with God in eternity in a place called heaven, then we should lay up treasures in heaven while we're still here on earth. The two are connected. 
Now, the Bible gives instruction concerning every aspect of our life, the important ones, and, and that includes money. It's filled with wisdom. Jesus said in Matthew six nineteen, Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus said we should lay up treasure in heaven. But how do we do that? Well, Jesus gave us the answer. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his work. So what Jesus said is, is when he comes again, he's going to take us to be where he is. Now we call that place heaven, and he's going to pass out rewards, heavenly rewards. And the basis of the distribution of heavenly rewards is going to be according, every man according to his works. What works? Well, the works that are performed in this life. So the choices that we make in this life affect the rewards that we're going to receive in heaven. And Jesus is so looking forward to passing out rewards that it's the very first thing on his agenda when he returns. Now, the first principle in laying up treasure in heaven is to understand that God owns everything. We're merely managers of what God has given us to manage. Remember last week's homework uh, was to, if you chose to accept it, was to daily remind yourself, perhaps standing in front of a mirror, saying that I am an investment manager for God. And that's something we probably are not used to, so we got a little practice in. Last week, we turned to a few neighbors and we said, I'm an investment manager for God. I think that's a good exercise. Why don't we do it this morning? Why don't you turn to a few people and say to them, I am an investment manager for God. Go ahead and do it right now. Get some practice in. I'm an investment manager for God. Uh-huh. Some of you want to give your statistics. Ah, 30-fold, 60-fold. No, just... The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. That's Psalm 24.1. That's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it said this way in 1 Corinthians 6.19. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. You have been redeemed. There are a lot of great hymns of the church that talk about our redemption. Redemption is a familiar concept to us. And sometimes we go to the store, we buy things, and they come in containers that have a redemption value. What that means is something that was destined for destruction has someone wants to buy it and has placed a value on that, and the person who buys it owns it. Well, because of our sin, we were destined for destruction because the wages of sin is death. But Jesus paid the wages of our sin, our redemption, by dying in our place. We've been redeemed. We've been bought with a high price. We belong to God. And God has made us his stewards of time, talent, and treasure that he's given to us. And he expects us to take the time, talent, and treasure and make it profitable. Jesus made this clear in the parable of the three servants found in Matthew chapter 25. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of what? Kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave one five bags of silver two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Now, the story continues by telling us that the servant with five and the servant with two invested and doubled the amount that had been given to them by their master. And when the time came for reckoning, the master was full of praise for these servants. 
But that was not true for the servant entrusted with one bag of silver. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man and harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. Ouch. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus taught us that we are stewards of what God has given us, and he expects us to work with that, uh, with our time, talent, and treasure, that he owns everything. We're just managers of what he has entrusted to our care. And that if we manage well, then the Bible says we're going to be rewarded. God owns everything, and that includes the tithe. Leviticus 27.30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. Now, the word tithe means tenth. The tithe is the Lord's. And to take something from its rightful owner is theft. It's called stealing or robbery. One of the Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt not steal. And that law not only applies in our relationship with other men, it also applies in our relationship with God. Please turn in your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. It was written about 400 years before Jesus' life. And through the prophet, God said in Malachi 3, 7, Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Have you ever felt far from God? I think from time to time, all of us do. But think about it. The Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God doesn't move. If we feel far from God, who is it that moved? It's us. We have an invitation to move again towards God. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? How do we get close to God? And God answers, Will man rob God? And yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions, you're cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. So the Bible teaches that if we tithe, we will be blessed. If we do not tithe, we will be cursed. Tithing has a profound effect on our relationship with God. And so it's really important for us to know what the Bible has to say about tithing. Now, there is confusion in teaching prevalent among even outstanding church leaders and theologians. For instance, some have taught that tithing is only mentioned in the Old Testament. It's not a part of the New Testament practice. Others have taught that tithing is related to the law of Moses, and since Christians are under grace rather than the law, it doesn't apply to us. 
But let's look at those arguments in light of Scripture. And we'll begin with the second argument. The tithing was related to the law of Moses, and since Christians are not under the law but under the grace, then tithing doesn't apply to Christians. I think it's important for us to understand that tithing is one of many forms of making an offering to the Lord. Actually, when the scholars go through, they estimate that the number of offerings add up to about between 32 and 33 percent. Tithing is only one of those forms of offering. So when and where did offerings, of which tithing is a part, begin? And the answer to that is found clear back in Genesis chapter 4. Which is where we will begin the week next week here on Study Verse by Verse as we explore once again 1 Corinthians 16, Generosity of the Saints, and what the Lord is telling us when it relates to our finances, giving, tithing, offerings, all of that. He's pretty straightforward, and if we'll take a moment and listen, we find ourselves liberated when it comes to our wallets, our pocketbooks. To find out more about Study Verse by Verse or Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno, we invite you to visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Have a great weekend. Be found in the Lord's house. And we'll see you again Monday. Again, as our studies return to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and Genesis chapter 3 here on Study Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.